This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And I'm so glad that you are back, and I want to continue in 1 Corinthians and really talk about this idea of the power of God. And we watch television or we see a bunch of sci-fi movies and we think about power and we think about uh, all of these ideas around power and the miraculous, uh, maybe the power to fly, the power to uh, heal, uh, the power to transport, you know, all these crazy Uh, the power, the strength, all these powers, right? And as kids, maybe we fantasize a little bit about, oh, if I was, you know, Thor or the Hulk or Superman or, or Wonder Woman or whatever your person is, your superhero is. And we all are attracted a bit to power, aren't we? We like this idea of power. And Paul is writing to this group in Corinth. And he talks about the power of God and not the power of love. Uh, as in the power of love. Yeah. Love, by the way, is powerful. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power, the dunamis, that power or achieving power, it means, of God, the power of God, of capability. It's that inerrant capability of God. Wow. Wouldn't it be cool to have the this uh, inherent capability, this dunamis of God? You have it. In fact, Paul says the word of the cross is the power of God. What does that even mean? (laughs) What does that mean? You know, we think about, again, this word power. We all want power. Do you, or better yet, let me say it this way, are you experiencing the power of God, dunamis, the, the actual inherent capability of God in and through your life. When Paul was preaching, and you go back a verse or so, and uh, he was talking about, hey, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you guys because they were all, the, the folks there were getting really hyped up about uh, who they were quote, following, who baptized them, 
It was a, a bit of a celebrity contest. Paul was in the mix. And Paul's like, hey, I didn't baptize any of you guys. I'm glad I didn't. And he mentioned, like, hey, I didn't. I baptized you, I think, Crispus and Gaius. And then he says, oh, yeah. And yeah, and maybe in, like, the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember. I don't know whether I baptized anybody else. And he said these words, wrote these words for us. He said, Christ did not send me to baptize. That doesn't make baptism less important necessarily or doesn't make baptism uh, irrelevant, maybe is the word to say. Jesus told us to go out and make disciples and to baptize. Paul said, look, Christ didn't send me to baptize, folks. The, the, the point here was for me to preach the gospel, the good news, to declare this gospel. What is the gospel? John tells us that it's, uh, and, and, and uh, Paul tells us earlier, it's the death, burial, and resurrection Of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Christ didn't send Paul to baptize, but to preach this good news. And not in cleverness of speech. A little play on words there. Uh, in this wisdom, because earlier he said, yeah, the Greeks seek wisdom. The Jews are seeking a sign but I'm going to preach Christ crucified. He says, not in this wisdom of speech, nothing wrong with clever speech. But Paul said, no, look, I'm preaching uh, clarity over cleverness. Clarity over cleverness so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Another word for void would be uh, just to make it empty and it, where it just doesn't hold water, watering down the cross of Christ. He says, no, I'm, I'm going to preach and, and use clarity over cleverness so the cross isn't made powerless and watered down. For the word of the cross is foolishness. I mean, think about it. What is the message of the cross? Jesus was tortured. He was executed. And you're preaching that? It sounds foolish. And he rose again? Oh, that's unbelievable. That's just foolishness. Well, except for the documented historical over 500 witnesses, eyewitnesses who saw that person who was crucified now walking around. But that's just unbelievable. That's just foolish. It sounds crazy. And, and all right, so 
What? And you're saying that because of that, I can have forgiveness and life? No, just tell me what to do. Give me some wisdom. Just tell me what I need to do to cope in life, to have a better life. This other stuff is just foolishness. You know, Mike Quarles and I have done so many webinars over the years. I love Mike to death, and we've, uh, and he'll tell you the same thing. After you know, uh, we will do the webinar, we have a Q&A, and almost every time, or at least consistently, we will get this question or some variation. So what do I have to do to get free? Or what do I have to do to get victory? And Mike's answer is always the same. Either one, well, did you not pay attention to the last hour of what we were talking about? But he'll hold that one generally. But he'll say, you don't have to do anything to get free because Christ did everything for you to be free. You don't have to do anything. But it sounds impossible. It sounds foolish because of all these reasons that people start to, and objections people will throw out. Paul got it. He heard it. He knew. 1 Corinthians one eighteen. for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And that phrase is like those who have the sentence of destruction, those who have the sentence of death, those who have yet made the decision to believe, to move from death to life. It just sounds like that's it? There's nothing more? For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, and stop right there, this is not a, well, you're 10% saved, and now I'm 30% saved. Wait, I'm up to 45%. I'm getting there, almost there, almost there. That's not what it's saying. It's saying, but to us who are being saved, up, you're saved today, up, they're saved a little bit later, some more are saved tomorrow, even more are saved the next day, more next week, more next year, a thousand years later, 2,000 years later, more are being saved. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. But to us who are being saved and more every day, the word of the cross is the power of God. Wow. But what I find a little, not, I say disturbing, but uh, it's just common. I think it's a journey that we all have to go through, even as believers in Jesus, where we've said, I do believe, I, I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he is God, that he did die on the cross for me and rose again to offer me forgiveness and eternal life. I believe that. I receive that now. But even to us, 
I think we stray from the word of the cross. We get deceived a little bit by the enemy. The enemy lost our soul, if you will, because we've been transformed and, and moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He lost that one, but he's still fighting. He wants us to lose in life. He wants to deceive and bring us down. He knows the power. He knows the power living inside you and I. I think he can see it. And all he wants to do is cover it up. And he, and he wants most of all for you not to see it. That's why you'll find in Paul's many prayers in Ephesians and in Colossians, the first chapter or so, uh, in the third in Ephesians, that I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened, that God would shine a light so you can see, to see the truth of who you are and whose you are and what you have. Because, yeah, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, man, it's the power of God. You have been transformed and the enemy wants you to believe otherwise. You have been made new. The enemy wants you to believe otherwise. You have all power and the enemy wants you to believe you have nothing. The enemy wants you to act and experience perishing in this world. Because we look to other things to give us power. We, were, we, we see and we grasp and we understand and receive the life and forgiveness offered through Christ. Yet the enemy and the world come as quickly as they can to blind us to what we have. The enemy wants to get your focus off of the power of God in you to finding power outside of you. Through what? Wisdom. Knowledge. And there's, by the way, there's nothing wrong with wisdom. Wisdom is awesome. But God wants you to experience life and his power in you and funnel that through wise choices through the insights and wisdom that he does give you but there's wisdom from God and there's wisdom of the world and the enemy wants you to derive your power and your existence and your walk from the wisdom of this world and, you know, there's some decent things that can help you cope and help you have a good life. But it won't be a powerful, God-powered life. Where are you getting your power? Where are you looking for as your victory? What is your source 
I think that's from our good friend Lewis Gregory. Uh, he wants you in some of his incredible, he's got a great book, uh, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, Gregory, but uh, I think he just came out with another one recently, but talking about our source. Who is, who is your source? And for many believers, their source although they've got this nuclear power, the omnipotent God in them, they're trying to fuel up with worldly things, trying to get meet needs of their own satisfaction and security and value and worth and all from worldly sources. Then make them a bad Christian? Does it make him an unloved Christian? I think it makes him uh, somewhat deceived and powerless. Let's get back to clarity of the good news. Clarity over cleverness. It's the word of the cross. And what is the cross again? It's that death, burial, and resurrection. The word of the cross is this, that not only did Jesus die for you, crucified, died, buried, and rose again, but you died. You were crucified with Christ. You died. You were buried, gone, but you rose again as a new creation in him, united with him. That's the power of God, the word, the message of the cross. Let's get back to that power, that it's not you trying to get more holy. God made you holy through the message of the cross. It's not you trying to get more forgiveness. You're forgiven. That's the word of the cross. And it's the power of God. It's not you trying to please God and do more things to please God. No, he took everything that was not pleasing, crucified it buried it, took it away, and raised you up brand new, well-pleasing to him. Right now, he's pleased with you because of Jesus. It's the word of the cross. It's the power of God. Let's not get too clever, or as my grandmother would say, too big for your britches. Let's focus on clarity and that word of the cross. Stop trying to get more power and stop trying to power up. And tap in to his power, which comes through what? Humility, not powering up. Powering down some of those old tendencies that we've learned and embracing the power that's in you through humility. 
The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And I'm telling you, for even believers who are deceived by the enemy, the word of the cross sounds foolish, doesn't it? But wait, shouldn't I? And and I need to, and I ought to, and we start to put all these laws on us, don't we? Laws for what? For healthy living, right living, victorious living. No, that's not the word of the cross. The word of the cross says Jesus was crucified. You were in Jesus. You were crucified. You died. But you were raised a brand new creation in Christ. Don't you see it? You're brand new. As human creatures, our emotions do sometimes work against us, and our body, certainly at times, works against us. And it ain't always easy. I know that. Life isn't easy. Life hits us hard at times. But the word of the cross is the power of God. He says, look, for it's written in verse 19, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. And then he says, where's the wise man? Verse 20, where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world that he did when he used death on a cross as means for salvation and victory? For since, in verse 21, in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. How many of us try to know God through wisdom? Through worldly wisdom and logic. Nothing wrong with logic, nothing wrong with wisdom. You just can't know God and his power that way. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Wow. Look, college is great. Get an education. But you're not going to know God and his power through education. It's the power of the cross. The word of the cross is the power of God. He said, For indeed Jews ask for signs. Verse 22, Greeks search for wisdom but we preach Christ crucified. To Jews, a stumbling block. To Gentiles, foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. How about that? You want power, you want wisdom. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, and he lives in you. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
And I love this in verse 26. He goes, hey, look, guys, consider your calling. Consider your calling when you are invited to believe that there were not many wise according to the flesh, according to like human standards, not many mighty, not many noble. Uh, Paul, you're not really making many friends here, but because y'all weren't so smart and rich and strong, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, the nobodies, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man, and that word is a word sars, no flesh, in this context, no human flesh, but we're going to play off of that in a minute, may boast before God. How about that? He goes, look, guys, some of you, the, all you guys who are arguing who baptized whom and who's the better person or teacher to follow, he goes, that's silly. Paul wasn't baptized Paul wasn't crucified for you, and Peter wasn't crucified for you. Jesus is the one who is crucified for all. He says, so y'all aren't so smart. Look, God called you. You received, the, you received his invitation. You accepted it and believed. But look around. Look around the crowd, guys. How many of you would say that you're wise? Now, you know what the problem is? A lot of us look around and we think we're the smartest one in the room. Yeah, might want to think again on that one. But he goes, not many wise, not many mighty or noble. Check the room, people. God chose the foolish things. Oh, that might be you. But God will use you to even shame the wise. Not many strong talented but you see God chose the weak things to shame the things which are strong you got things that you just don't like about yourself that you just think are considered weakness God will use that and the base things of the world you say I didn't come from a very um good background or family background or I'm from very humble means God says look the base things of the world and the, those that are despised in the world yeah God loves those the things that are not that are like nothing yeah God likes to use those to nullify the things that are So no one can boast before God. So look, look around the room. We're all in the same boat. So that, I think Paul is saying, guys, <laughs> in this room anyways, yeah, y'all need the power of God because <laughs> there's just not many noble or strong. But those noble and strong, 
they have a harder time often to experience victory because they're looking at what they got. We got a chance to say, you know, Father, thank you for where I am. And yet, can you, if you can improve yourself, improve yourself. Paul goes on to say that in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, I believe. If you can improve your circumstance, your situation, you go for it. But that's not where the power of God is. But nothing wrong with that either. God uses the nothings and the nobodies to make something and to make somebodies so that no one can boast before God. Verse 30, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. You see, yeah, you believed, and but that's all you did. And God's not going to force your hand. You received. You called. But, but the heavy lifting was done by God. It's by his doing you're in Christ. He took the old you, put you on the cross, crucified you with Jesus, raised you up brand new, joined himself with your brand new nature. By his doing, you are in Christ who became to us, get this, wisdom from God. God will give you wisdom when you need it. God will grow you in wisdom as you depend on him. But by his doing, you're in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written let him who boasts you boast in the Lord all of that by his doing you've got wisdom you've got righteousness you are sanctified you're redeemed all by his doing. So let's just take a breath and take a page out of Paul's letter here to those in Corinth that the word of the cross, although sounds foolish, especially to those who are perishing, the message of the cross is that there's only one way to the resurrection, and that's through the cross. There's only one way to life and victory, and that's through the cross. That's not only for your eternal security and forgiveness, but in life and experiencing his victory, it's the message of the cross. It's realizing and going through those hard times, trust in Christ as your victory. It's the part of the cross. It's not trying to overcome sin on our own and by our best efforts and our, and our wisdom. It's trusting the power of Christ in us the message of the cross that we're dead to sin and we're alive to God 
and it's his victory in us and through us. It's the message of the cross that all those things that we're trying to get life from won't give us life. All those things we're trying to get righteousness from won't give us righteousness. It sounds foolish, but you already have it. God wants to break all those dependencies that we're holding on to. He doesn't want to break you. Goodness gracious, he remade you. He loves you. But we need to come to a point where we're not looking to all these other things for life and victory and love and security. And that only God our Father through his son Jesus Christ offers and is our security and our righteousness and our hope. So I want to encourage you today that though the word of the cross, the message of the cross may sound foolish, especially to those who are perishing, who have yet come to faith in Christ, but to us who are saved and to those after us, uh, after us who are just being saved day after day after day, it's the word of the cross that is the power of God. So let's have clarity over cleverness and experience the victory that is found only through Christ. And that's when, that's when you stop talking about this victory and that's when you start walking in victory. You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.